the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Brandon Murray. And this is episode number 14. And as you can probably tell by now, Jim's not with us tonight. So it's just going to be Brandon and us. Me. Brandon and us. You can tell how often <laughs> I end up doing this beginning like this. Yeah. But hello and yeah, welcome. going to be a little off here. <laughs> so, uh, let's get into the first set of books here with The Amazing Spider-Man number two, written by Nick Spencer, with art by Ryan Otley, Cliff Rathburn, and Laura Martin and VC's Joe Caramagna. An alien invasion hits New York City, and the only one who can stop it is Spider-Man? But that's far from all that you'll find here. A revelation from the past puts Peter Parker's job in jeopardy, and if there's not a, that, if that's not enough, you'll see a new roommate, new love interest, and a new villain. Spider-Man goes back to his basics courtesy of Nick Spencer and the Marvel debut of Ryan Otley. And right away... I'm concerned because we start this issue off in a safari scene, and all I can think about is Craven the Hunter and how much that's I hate Craven the about. Hunter. <laughs> that's all I thought about too, and I'm already like getting hints that there's some sort of like you know, uh, Sinister Six, you know, boiling under the surface here. Because what else are we showing Craven the Hunter for? Uh, other than that, I you think know, it's just to piss me off. Yeah. That's the thing is, I have no idea, especially from the like from the revelation we get at the end here. I don't know if we're gonna have the chameleon show up or if we got like the sensation is taking over New York. I'm like, is this a scroll thing? Because right away, our, our cliffhanger for this is my favorite thing about this issue, even though I still enjoy it for the most part. But the whole thing where Spider Man meets Peter Parker after a big, you know, uh, uh like a big, like, uh, fight between the Taskmaster and Black Adam, like. That is the coolest part about this because right away with you have these villains so like Craven the Hunter, we we have an idea he might show up because of what we see here. But you know, Man Mountain Marco and the Ringer, and then later on the Taskmaster and Black End. And the thing is, it's the weirdest thing because I remember the Taskmaster. It's been a while since I've read anything with him, but I remember him being like the death stroke of Marvel Comics. Yeah. And here he's kind of played off as a joke. What yeah, happened he, to him? He's kind of been a joke for uh kind of a while. That last couple of years, it seems like they've played him that way. Like he started going down this track right towards the end of Secret Empire. Like he, him and Black Ant were kind of like, just like, let's get the hell out of here uh, when, when everything right. was going south and have just kind of been jokey mercs since that point. Uh, just, it's just Hail Hydra it. until we don't want to do it no more? Yeah, that, that's how it was for them when, when they were, you know, part of Hydra and, and they saw the good guys right. start winning. They're like, let's just take off from here. And, and since that moment, like they brought in the ultimate Taskmaster for a bit and he was played a bit more serious and Taskmaster is kind of now a joke, it seems like. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I said, it's been a while since I read anything with Taskmaster. I just remember him being like a big deal when he would show up, like, you know, like I said, like Deathstroke over at DC Comics. But here, and it's the whole thing where, you know, Peter Parker like keeps him busy by saying, is that your real face or a mask kind of thing? I'm like, I thought he was this gigantic tactician. And now he's just kind of just breaking into a, a college for like, you know, class to steal a machine it just seemed odd for the character but like i said i haven't read in a long time maybe it made more yeah. sense to you. one of nick spencer's big things is he loves like these c-list villains that he has a special attachment to from su superior foes and stuff so if right. there's anybody that he played with in that series which i'm not sure if you read it or not uh I, they're gonna I read be a bit of heavily it. Yeah, they're going to be the the villains he features heavy in this this series. I guarantee you that. <laughs> That's the only bit of it. I actually collected a bit of it. All I can remember is Boomerang. Yeah, Boomer. Yeah, Boomerang. Um, what was the Beetle? Uh, which she was the lawyer in right issue one for Mysterio. Uh, yeah. I 
remember everyone enough. Well, I'll look it up here while we keep going through the issue, and, and we'll talk about it at the but end again. It, it's weird, though, because I don't understand why we start out with Man Mountain Marco and the Ringer from this weird, you know, we have a cold open, what we think is Craven doing an African safari. Then we have, you know, Spider-Man taking down Man Martin Marco affair, which I don't know where this all fits in or why, because we just lead back to where issue with Peter Parker and Mary Jane waking up after, an, I have to imagine, a night of passion, which is rekindled their love for one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know, th this was uh, definitely easing my frustrations from issue one, where I thought they were just playing with this. It wasn't going to be explored, but like, no matter what happens to Peter now, it seems like he really doesn't care as long as MJ's in his life. It makes yeah. it all better for him, uh, which I'm fine with, you know. Talking everything's coming up Millhouse for him. Like, one thing is coming up Millhouse for you, buddy. Everything else is terrible. There's a point where you have to go back to school. And the whole thing is so weird. The idea that now he has to work for Dr. Kurt Connors, who will periodically be lizard in control of it because of this whole thing. It really feels like, do you remember um, in the, the original Spider-Man 2 movie with uh, the inhibitor chip that kept Dr. Octavius in control of his tentacles? Yeah. We have the same thing now in an adamantium case on the back of Dr. Kurt Connors that allows him to maintain himself uh, when he's the lizard because otherwise he'll be tased to his point where he's knocked out. Just such a weird thing. Like, why are we having callbacks to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man Two? It seems like the lizard. Uh, no, I, I guess I don't remember per se, but the lizard. He's not smarter as the lizard, so I don't understand the benefit of him being the lizard but not able to attack anybody. He's not smarter as the lizard. No, uh, I think he's exactly the same kind of intelligence as Doctor Kirk Connors, but then he's got two arms, so that's always a benefit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that is, you know, he's able to talk. It, it always comes out with the hiss thing, like Cobra Commander, you know yeah. what I'm saying, when he hits those S's. But uh, yeah, he just scares the crap out of Peter, basically. And now Peter is back to school here, but also now kind of working science stuff with, with Connors as well. Is, is that what I and understood? It's the whole thing is he's going to, you know, him in this whole class in order so he can get his degree back and be, you know, I'm unashamed in public because this whole thing has come out against him about plagiarism, stuff like that. But the whole idea around is an isotope genome accelerator that turns Peter in this whole thing. And we're going to just do some weird stuff with it for science, for science sake. I'm like, you know, there's worse ways to, you know, get your credit back, I guess, Peter, from you just, you know, you're not, you're not doing your own super sciences and your own super successful like company anymore, but you get to do this kind of thing here. I don't, I don't know if it pays anything, but you know, Hey, that's the thing is, too. He's lost his job. He's lost his degree. What is he doing for money unless he's now going to be working for Empire State University? That, that's where I was a little thrown off because it, I assumed he was coming back here for school to get the degree back while he would have another job, which he doesn't seem to have right now. But no, it's like one of those things where he's going to work there and it's also going to yeah, work that, towards credit. <laughs> that's what I can't figure out. Yeah, I think he's going to get paid and get credits, like double dip at this place almost. Uh, it that's seems like thing. you know what. It seems like it's not a bad thing to get discredited in front of all your colleagues anymore because all you get to do is go back to school, get paid for it, and have a jolly old good time. Yeah, yeah, and and that's uh, just about the time he's getting comfortable and things are at least looking up for him in, in this place he didn't really want to be. That's when Black Ant and Taskmaster jump in and want to – they're after this, you know, prototype thing that, that made him Spider-Man, basically. Yeah, yeah uh, and that's where this fight then boils – you know, boils down to basically Peter not wanting to reveal he's Spider-Man, and then you think Spider-Man is him. It's struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's but, just, but then he he ends up saving the day with this smoke as well. 
it's a weird thing because it's not Taskmaster and Black Ant. They like you know they not, might not be working with Hydra anymore, but they are working for somebody to get this machine. But that's the whole thing. It's like man, this must like Spider Man showed up. This must be why they the guy paid us so much for this. How would he have known? And that's the whole thing. How would Spider Man would have known that like your know, Taskmaster and Black Ant would have showed up? And that is that, this is my favorite part because. While I love Spider-Man banter and the whole like the wittiness of the character himself whenever he's fighting somebody, gets a little bit over the top here. I could see where you guys were coming from when you were talking about the free comic book day of Amazing Spider-Man and yeah. not liking the dialogue and that. It got a little bit towards that angle for me with this issue, but it was all taken care of when, you know, the smoke clears, Spider-Man comes in, you know, takes care of it, like everybody saves a day, and like Spider-Man how would you have known to come here? I'm like, uh-oh, Peter's going to have to work out something. And then it's revealed, hey, I know you. And Spider-Man helps up Peter Parker. I'm like, it's the weirdest thing because going into this thing, Dr. Kurt Connors was the lizard when we had the big cliffhanger last issue. It's because they're going to work on this whole thing with the class about this genome deal, maybe about separating Dr. Kurt Connors from the lizard. And I didn't see anything get activated to the point where it's like, you know, the machine's going wonky. Oh, no, which might have separated Spider-Man from Peter Parker. But it seemed like that's the kind of like thinking that, you know, Nick Spencer was doing when he was writing this. Like, you know, he was setting this up so by the end, like, oh, no, did the separate Peter Parker from the spider? Which I think would just become man spider and be gross and scary. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I mean, I'm going all the way back to the clone saga nonsense that just ended last year where, where consistently when Peter was running Parker Industries, uh, Prowler would end up being... Um, spider-man while right. while he was doing appearances and stuff so it could be some of that still lingering around like maybe prowler helping him out a i don't know yeah, if it's that or no ben riley could it be that but that series is wrapping up i i i mean with spider-man and clone stuff it could be one of 1000 things you never really know so i just uh, hope i'm telling you you said the clone saga ended last year my like, clone saga ended for me back in 1996 i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the the third edition of it, or however many times they've gone to that well. You no, know, it seems like they were setting something up, but since you didn't get any of that super weird science stuff going on with the, oh no, the machine's gone wonky, there was nothing here during this fight to make me think that something weird would have happened like that. And any of the other things, if like, you know, Ben Riley would have shown up, if Kane would have shown up, if Prower showed up, anybody who is Spider-Man or would be Spider-Man like to show up like this, there was no reason for any of these characters to know this would have happened. Hell, we even had Taskmaster and Black Ant in like disguise outside as janitors to cover their tracks. So it's just like, I have no idea what this cliffhanger would mean besides for, you know, the genome thing going weird, which there's nothing there to really say that, but they were setting it up with Dr. Kirk Connors, but it is enough for me to like this issue. I'm like, oh man, I need to know what's going on further. Not to mention that I like Mary Jane and Peter Parker being together again. Yeah, that, I mean, that's my favorite part by far. I mean, just flicking through uh, the back pages real quick, it seems like they really focus on this potion that he's making. And I don't know if that has something to do with anything. Although you don't know what, what he's making, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it just looks like a smoke bomb when you're reading the issue, basically. So he could have changed, but uh, that that's where Spider-Man comes out of. So, yeah, it looks like they're nowhere near the machine at that point. So no. it's it's a little it's a little confusing, the transitions and how all that comes to be. I'm sure we'll, we'll get an answer pretty quick next issue because, I mean, that's the cover you're looking at, Peter and Spider-Man face-to-face. So, uh, but I did. I, I like that. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Get out of town. No, I know. Uh, I, I liked it enough. I, I still am on board with Nick Spencer. I find his humor to be a little more grating than entertaining it at, at most parts of, you know, the story where he tries to be funny. 
The art yeah. I absolutely love. You know, some of my so complaints about faces and frowns from last issue are even already going away because I'm getting used to that stuff. And uh, if I had to give this issue a rating like I gave it on the site, I, I don't think I'd go up much more. I liked it a little less than issue one just because right. the villains featured. I didn't really have a, a good connection with any of them other than Lizard. Uh, and like you said, Taskmaster well, being a they joke. Are the joke worst. Now, I don't know what the hell's up the with wrong these. Way. Yeah. I used to love Spider-Man villains when I was a kid. Coming back, my yeah. I, I mean, we we got here for the characters he loved to feature in the Superior Foes run. It was Boomerang, Beetle, Overdrive, Shocker, Speed Demon. The current Shocker right. he had in that series isn't even alive. Or uh, no, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Electro. But uh, yeah, like we've seen Beetle. Boomerang's his roommate. I wonder if the, he's kind of just assembling these random guys that he he just has a connection to, um, you know. And and those are the characters he wrote an entire series about. So you know they're going to be popping in and out of this book throughout his right. run. Um, that that also kind of you know grates me a little bit. But overall, I give this a six eight. A uh, little less than last issue, but not much. I'm still really enjoying it uh, for the most part. Um, I'm interested to see what what path this clone stuff leads down. I hope it's not the same old predictable spider-man territory i really you hope know? it's not a clone stuff i really hope spider-man you've too. done too much with the clone stuff let's move on to new territory especially i, I you know, really we're doing, we're doing the x23 as well going on with gabby and Laura. i'm like we don't need more clones going on right I now no i really i really hope it's like just a sinister six thing being assembled because we had mysterio we got a glimpse of craven possibly okay. on the first issue this could be chameleon maybe that's three of them right there so uh i don't know we'll see yeah, I enjoyed it. And I will go down a little bit as well. I'm not down as far as you. I think I gave the last issue a 7.5. This one I'm going to go down to a 7 because I'm still interested, but it is definitely a weaker issue besides for a few things that like, you know, it's just a fanboy moments. Oh my God, MJ and Peter Parker being back together again. And plus, I really like that cliffhanger. The art all throughout was great though. Yeah, it, I actually like how they're treating MJ right now too. Like yeah, as, as a shoulder for Peter and someone stronger than him, like yeah. pers on a personal level right now, instead of just like the damsel in distress, she hasn't been involved in the mix at all any yet. So I like all that too. So so do I. All right. Well, the next issue we're going to be dealing with is Venom number four, written by Donnie Cates with art by Ryan Stegman, JP Mayer, Frank Martin, and VCs Clayton Kells. An ancient Quintar is awakened on Earth, and with it. Something has stirred in Eddie Brock's symbiote. And while Venom would never do anything to hurt Eddie or an innocent person, the ancient symbiote has no such qualms. I have no idea what this, this solicit is. This has nothing to do with the issue. <laughs> I, know. I think they're they're referring to Null as the ancient symbiote, obviously. But yeah, it doesn't seem like they're really getting to the point of what happened in, inside the book. Uh, but but I actually really still still dig this issue. Not much forward momentum, but a, a cool origin story, I guess oh, it, you could it, say. It's a cool right origin story. To the to the degree that like you know like you think of the Bible right you have the Bible doing a bunch of weird stuff where like you know it's creating the universe and talking about things and not everything always adds up like you know how does like you know they do this and then they have we had null in the void of space and it was just darkness kind of thing because it does remind me of like almost like the creation you know story in the Bible where all of a sudden and then there was light and it's a select of planets and doing their weird stuff to it whatever but. Somehow we go to no getting upset about all the noise and light and racket these these guys are doing up in his you know his <laughs> void there, and then somehow yeah. we get to the point where and then I was creating a, a sword and a forge. I'm like, where did this forge come from? What happened? Like, how many eons yeah. are we talking about? Like, all of a sudden there's structures and your flames and you have a whole forge and hammer system set up. I'm like, what happened in between? 
Yeah, I don't understand. The, the part that really threw me off in the beginning was him pulling the sword. I don't know where he's pulling the sword out of because it the looks way he like he's pulling, pulling it out of a celestial hand. Yeah, but he say he's pulling it out of himself later on, but it does look like he's reaching in. I just think he's somehow like his arm is becoming ooze, and he, then he, as he pulls it back out and the oil reforms arm, there's a sword with it because that's the only thing that really makes sense because you know there's no symbiote swords inside of celestials yeah i think i think just the point of it all is he can use just the blackness around him just to his advantage you know what right. it wasn't always tied to a symbiote in the beginning and, and this power that he had i think it, that was just him like and he could control it but didn't really oh, have he, a concept well, of how to do it until the fight the came whole... to him i guess the abyss has teeth and shadows only grow in the light. And with the idea that, you know, he is the shadow, the lights are here. He became more powerful with it and was able to create this whole thing using the light of the celestials, I guess. Yeah. I, at one point, it looks like he takes this one celestial down, falls yeah. inside of his head and stays there for a while, kind of enhancing his abilities with this forge. And, and you get I the idea. That, I guess that's what it is. For some reason, I didn't have that idea for, you know, yeah. that he was... And then I was cast away for some reason. I'm like, where did this forge come from? I guess he somehow is inside the celestial. Just that time to make a home out of this thing. Yeah, that, and he's just <laughs> hanging out in there for a while. And and it, it, and this is where you get the hint of where the weaknesses come from for these eventual cool. creation of the symbiotes. I like that part. Uh, you the know, Donnie idea, really does. The whole idea of forging the sword that he originally made, he had to re, you know, making it stronger, stuff like that. The fire that was used to forge it is the reason that the symbiotes have the like their weakness to heat. And also the clang of the hammer to do it is the whole sound thing that also is there. I'm like, yeah, you know is. what? I don't get why this why this null is living inside of Celestial's head creating swords, but for what you're telling me, I dig it, Donny Cates. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the thing. Up until that point, I was like, eh, all right, all right. But then I start seeing the little things he's making connections to. And I'm like, well, I guess you got to make a symbiote out of, out of something. And I guess he eventually made it out of nothing. But, uh, you know, you, know, you got to turn. This is the whole, I guess, Jesus turning water yeah, into wine type man. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, in that wraparound way, I, I was able to brush by it all with the clang and the fire and and tying that all into the weaknesses was 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 all a cool part and, and it was really uh just act one and then we get into just connecting it to the beginning of the story and stuff and that's where he really hooked me now the whole thing with the all black which was the name of his sword that he was forging and it being taken and we have a little editor's note here for more see the thor god of thunder number six did you read this do you know what's going on with this whole yeah. callback what is yeah. that? See, now, <laughs> this was back to when Jason Aaron originally started his Thor run. And, and one of, like, the first villains he had Thor fighting was this dude called, I think it was the Necro Necromancer, and he had the Necro Sword. And you, it, you didn't know at this point in time while, while reading that story, it was like a symbiote thing. He's right. obviously just, just making that connection now from, from a cooler story that happened in the past. But it was this sword that was just ruining thor's day and, and this this guy thor fought for probably like 18 issues before he finally really took him down uh but but this is where he's saying that connection was was made i guess null fought th that dude at one point in time losing the sword to him okay um and and that's just the connection he's making to all that that's that's part of why the sword was so powerful it was one of these original so 
we, variations of the, the symbiote we, god. I we guess. have a giant connection to Thor throughout this, is what you're telling me, because then you have the necromancer who stole his sword, and then Thor who originally hurt him when he came to Earth. I'm like, all right, yeah. so Thor is the problem for the null and the whole symbiote thing. Okay. Well, did you get the idea that also, like, Thor is the Beowulf these guys keep referring to? Well, like, that, like that's, he, that's not right, though, because there is a Beowulf, and Grendel, and the big mother is in Marvel Comics continuity. So that's actually the thing I hate the most about this because they said that, like, you know, the form that the dragon form that Noel took, you know, to do the thing is the Grendel. I'm like, no, there is a Grendel who Thor also fought, you know, and actually, I believe, cut like cut off the arm or Beowulf cut off the arm, and that is actually a Marvel Comics character. That's what originally why I thought that Big Mother was this big dragon. They were going to tie this whole thing into that because that's what they're doing, but they're saying they're going yeah. against their own continuity and saying yeah. that, no, this is no, but it's not Big Mother. It wasn't a dragon. So I'm like, what are you doing, Donnie Case? You had me on board, but why are you going against Marvel's <laughs> own continuity where Thor has continuity with it? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, that is true. See, I didn't know that, and, and I, I wasn't sure if that was the what they were stating, that Thor was Beowulf, but that was the connection I made through, through the yeah. reading and stuff. Well, that's what they kind of say. Yeah, the obvious shadow image, and you can tell it's Thor, and he's the one that... Uh, you know they make the connection issue one we saw those dudes boarding up the castle and that's the fight they come back and show you yeah. here and it looks like thor stopped him and, and made him go away at this point thor showed what back. pain was yeah with the lightning yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was a and that's the thing that's a really cool thing because that's what actually brings us to our normal symbiotes as we know them the quintar and what we know to be the whole quintar planet because this is this whole thing that thor did with the lightning actually severed Noel's connection to the rest of his symbiote children that he's created and they ended up just being their own thing there where Noah's actually just then taken because you know Noah can be at different places just with the whole mental connection the hive mind aspect but Noah was on this planet and then the symbiotes not having this hive mind kind of just wrapped around him sinking him into the like the the what seemed like the center of the planet almost as a yeah, cage he's he, like he goes stuck in, in a cage of himself basically yeah which is weird it's, it's, it's a weird concept to think of because you know it'll actually throw you off trying to think about you know where Noel is now talking about you know he's on earth talking to eddie brock about his while he's still on the planet quintar being absorbed almost to like by the rest of the symbiote because quintar isn't what the planet is it's the symbiote word for cage which he's in created by his own offspring and children and the reason that he is a part of all these different things but it's weird to think about that as well because you know yes he was on earth and that's why you know we have the the grendel and stuff that like the dragon form of him because he was originally here but you know the hive mind to the rest of the symbiotes everywhere like he wasn't there at the time so there's this original self on quintar and then there's his little like um his avatars that are at different places yeah, like it could be even be even more places than on earth and in the center of quintar right now but just like this whole idea like it i actually had to go back and reread it a couple of times like what the heck are you trying to tell me here donny case you're, you're getting a little deep and i think i'm stuck in quintar yeah I, that's the part that confused me too because i'm like how is he still stuck in in the middle of this planet if he can control this giant dragon from all the way across the universe why can't he just tell them to get away from him and kind of weasel his way out from the center you know that's, that's, that's the, the one thing. part that's confusing me that's the other thing where he, he talks about the whole idea of the light the original light that we had when we fought when he fought the celestials and what in the universe itself and stuff like that where when the when the connection was severed when thor attacked him we had the symbiotes go and they're taking like more hosts from like you know mortal beings and stuff like the physical beings and the light within them the like he says the honor and the hope and stuff like that it started infecting the symbiotes who were actually you know around their host 
and it like uh made it so that they couldn't be like uh connected anymore i guess and actually did that's the reason they went against you know Noel in the first place but like i said yeah. like i think because the like his grendel form was already on earth and he was already in control of that you know I don't think he can grab a hold of these these symbiotes that are on the planet themselves because they've reproduced so many times since then and been infected by right. the hope and the light that there's no way he can ever reach them again. But there's original constructs that he created, I think, like on Earth, maybe other places as well, we don't know. I think those are still things like uh, places that he can go and communicate through. Uh, that's, that's how just, I took it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure like it just feels like he's he spent so much well, he does. He spends so much of this issue trying to think of every answer to what you question you'd have about Grendel. I know. Or, it's uh, like, oh, what Grendel about this? No, oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just like it, it was almost a little too much explaining at points. I still enjoyed most of it, but but some of it you would just get lost in, in the explanation that's almost just a little too deep for what you need. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do because I'm telling, I went back and reread it a couple times, and each time it's like I'm trying to explain it to myself, and like I'm, I'm trying to dummy this stuff down and what i might end up be doing is just you know making stuff up i guess but just ways for me to try to understand the whole idea of the hive mind aspect and all the different you know and how long you know noel's been in this cage in the center of the planet that is made up of symbiotes I'm like you you are you are throwing a lot at me donny case and it's only issue number four and i appreciate that you're not holding my hand you're just right you're going along i'm like you know doing a good job of it you're just gonna leave a few people behind i'm afraid with this whole thing with this character yeah so so I mean, we do get a little bit of hero action after he's kind of, he's got Eddie basically under the spell. Eddie just wants to know it all, he's know it all. Strong. And it, at this point, you know, Null's a little distracted and, and Miles is starting to wake up a little bit and kind of gives him another super punch here. Um, <laughs> I'm happy uh, but Miles comes through because I actually forgot he was there. Yeah, I, I totally did too. And you, you don't even really see him until about three quarters of the oh, way through the book. Like, like, oh yeah, there's Miles. Miles. By the end. Uh, and, and yeah, he ends up so socking Null. I guess he doesn't remember this doesn't do much to him at all. He tries to escape. They're still stuck inside this cocoon they think they're in still on earth well, he says the grendel and i guess that's what the cocoon was and the dragon form of him but he's like when this grendel is complete when i find the uh the it's missing parts it will come for me it will free me from my clintar from my cage and then i will finish what i began i will rid my dark kingdom of the incisive light once and for all i'm like the whole idea of the Grendel, yeah, the Grendel as it is, is missing an arm. That's the whole thing of the Grendel, like, you know, even in the Marvel comics. But I'm like, when when did the when did this Grendel miss its arm? And like, you know, how it's and now it's gonna search for something. I don't understand why it has to search for its missing arm to go and somehow stop the light from infecting the rest of the symbiotes after all of these eons. It's just a weird thing yeah. to see out of nowhere. And then we're just flying in space above, you know, the stratosphere, it seems like. Yeah, it, it almost seemed to me that Miles thought they were still stuck on Earth. He was just going to rip himself out of I here, pop, pop himself out in New York. And he's just like, oh, God, oh, no. Moving? And they're just somewhere in space, apparently on the way to Clintar, I guess, to free. No, I don't know. I think, they're just, I think they're just flying to a different part of the Earth or something like that because it looks like it's still a blue planet to me, like, you know, Earth, and they're just flying to where to get to that missing part. So I, I'm, I'm guessing the arm, but I don't know because now you, what you throw in the Grendel aspect, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're saying to me anymore about this whole mythos of the thing. I can follow your symbiotes and your Clintars and the cages and stuff like that, but when you throw Earth mythology in there that's already been explored and Thor has already fought, I don't know what you're getting at anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, that throws you off a little bit. I, I still enjoyed it overall. So did I. I 
I, I, uh, I really wish we got a little more forward progress, which is kind of my main beef with th this issue at this point in time. Well, it turns out we did. We just didn't know it because we we're stuck inside the Grendel. And it was doing all a bunch of stuff without us knowing about it. Yeah, was, yeah so who knows? Maybe he found his arm and he's on his way to Clintar already. Who knows? <laughs> a long story by Noel there. So uh, I don't know. What'd you think of it overall? It's like Batman telling his greatest regret. It took so many issues. Like it's supposed to be a night or something. <laughs> All this stuff went down in between. So it's a war yeah. of freaking symbiotes and hosts. But uh, <laughs> no, overall, like usual, I love the art in this issue. It's probably my favorite art in Marvel Comics right now. Um, yeah. This was a little bit of a down issue for me just because, like you said, the forward progression. And I think, you know, Donnie Case was writing a little bit over people's heads. I say that. I don't speak for everybody. He was writing a little bit over my head, I think. I tried to pick, pick up the pieces and put them where I thought they fit. But it's a little bit down, and that's not bad, though, because I still enjoyed it at a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i a little higher than you. I, I had a lot of fun with the connections he made i i really bump and bumping it up for that thor connection especially because oh, i great. read those books and yeah and it was cool uh you know i think i think you're you're down a, a little bit with that whole grendel patch you know about and i know nothing about it so the whole thor connection and him being grendel uh also was kind of cool to me and, and you know up me a little bit and again the art is just uh um, so fantastic for when you get a splash page on this my only my only uh complaint about that is they end up taking these splash pages and using them for the cover for like second and third printings right. they used to do like original covers for that stuff and and so that kind of bugs me a little bit it ruins one of the surprises of the book almost uh but that's you know nothing that would bring a score yeah. down but those those splash pages always look fantastic there's everything looks so good in this issue. book yeah and the, even the one part there's like five panels across the bottom they're really small and even those small panels look great yeah um I'm at an 8.5 for the, this book. Even I, that, it's you know, one of my favorite fresh starts. There's not even a lot of color in this book, but the little color they have really just pops and accentuates what we're dealing with. You know what? For what story we're telling, that's all we really need. Yeah, it is. It's so much black on a page, and it's almost like a, a lighter black shadowed with black, but it yeah. looks fantastic. Well, that's all I yeah, got. Let's really move on to X23 then, with, with X23 number two, written by Marika Tamaki, with art by Juan Cabal. Nolan Woodward and VCs Corey Petit. Clone from a warrior raised as a killer, Laura Kinney has gone through hell and come out the other side a hero. After a stint at the all-new Wolverine, she returns to her roots as X-23 to make sure no one ever has to go through the horror she did. With her sister Gabby and their pet Jonathan Intel, I said their pet Jonathan Intel, their pet Wolverine, X-23 forges her own destiny in this new series. So yeah, that's what we got for X-23 number two. I'm telling you, it's, uh, they have these weird solicits. Like Jim usually takes care of these things. They just give you one solicit for both issues i'm like yeah, yeah we already uh, dealt with that it's kind of like the way dc does it too because that spider-man solicit was word for word like issue one and nothing oh, yeah. about issue two <laughs> yeah i i don't i don't get what marvel's doing with this maybe we're gonna start writing our own little individual blurbs like we do for the dc comics one i don't yeah. know but yeah, this issue it's a little more fun that way i was ended up talking to i think john wayne a little bit on the um the the um slack chat about you know x23 and stuff like that because jim was you know complaining that he hates everything and i just got done reading this issue i'm thinking to myself you know what i don't hate i don't hate gabby and he ended up talking about how <laughs> this issue like the story so far there's not a lot to sustain what we're dealing with the whole idea let's hunt for you know people doing you know the whole um, the the healing factor oh, and there's not a lot to what we're dealing with with that but the whole interaction with laura and gabby for me so far and for john wayne it's actually keeping this book afloat in my mind because 
Dude, I jump in, you know, we're, we're like, you know, Laura's having a whole like dream thing. We're learning about, you know, the idea of what happens when a mutant dies and a mutant clone and what happens like that. And all of a sudden there's this Gabby jumping on top of Laura on pancakes and giant <laughs> smile on my face. That's all I needed to get into this book so far. Yeah. Uh, well, we started off with like a total Debbie Downer uh, situation with uh, recapping the Cuckoo's um, sister's funeral. And I think they only go over one of them at this point. It seems like they're really focusing on the one that re-dies this issue. Um, she can't catch four a break. Of them at, no, there's four of them in the one bottom panel at the first page. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like that's what they're really spotlighting. And then, yeah, we, get, we it goes from real dark to real light real quick. Uh, but, yeah, it looks like there's a burn victim mummy on, on that one splash page. I'm like, couldn't we pick a different different way to highlight this panel? Not really a splash you know, page. You know, the, that one, the one dies, Sophie, I'm guessing. She dies. And, you know, we have, the, like you said, the whole Debbie Downer thing with her original funeral. The cuckoos wake up because what we had in last issue where her, the other cuckoo ended up killing her. And they rush over. Oh, no, there's something wrong. And don't ever want to see this thing again. The thing that should be wrong is that your one sister, yeah, she's dead, but look at what your other sister looks like. That's the problem yeah. in my mind. Yeah, she's, she's not sad at all, first of all. <laughs> I, I don't know if she just doesn't have mascara so you can't see her tears or she doesn't have eyeballs. One of the two is going on. This is <laughs> the worst. And the thing is, what did that DNA, the, the healing factor, the freaking Wolverine like blood, what did that do for her in between these issues? Because I look at her and yeah. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you need a double dose, baby, because that didn't seem to help at all. Looks like she got King Tutted. Like, overnight, she turned into King Tut. And the other <laughs> one, like, they have this hive mind connection, but wouldn't you be able to tell through a hive mind that your sister just killed your other sister, basically, through, through a needle? Like, you wouldn't have any hint of this? We don't know what their plan is overall, and if, the, and if the one is able to betray the rest, I don't understand the cuckoo's connection to the greed because, yes, they are all clones. They all are great telepaths, but is it the healing factor itself that allows her, you know, her mind to evolve or heal to the point where she can sever that connection? I don't know because right now it's just a bunch of cuckoos doing cuckoo stuff, my, and they're gross-looking. I'm like, I don't want any parts. Let's get the pancakes. <laughs> they, they are gross-looking, and even the ones that are alive aren't, aren't all that just attractive to look at. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, even, they are like, even like Laura saying to Gabby at, at breakfast time in this issue, I was like, oh, come on, the cuckoos do it like this. Well, maybe we shouldn't do anything the cuckoos do because they're they're, they're kind of weird acting and looking as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like their digs at the cuckoos because I 100% agree. I, I also like, listen, I don't hate Jonathan. Jonathan, I'm fine with. I like that he gets to eat at the table. I'm all right with that as well. Um, <laughs> Get your animals off the table at home, Bryn. The other, the other joke that I liked was the whole nunchuck thing. Like, you, you got to stay home and practice your chucking or whatever. It reminded me of Ninja Turtles a little bit. <laughs> it's just it's the best. Just to, like, we have to go and find that doctor who went missing. That's the whole thing that Beast uh, Hank uh, McCoy gave Laura last time. We we're like, you need to find this doctor who was working on the whole healing factor stuff and the genome stuff. She's gone missing. Laura, please find her. And, you know, Laura doesn't want Gabby to go into this whole thing because, you know, or even bother her more about the whole birth day thing which Laura's not telling her about that either but you wish she would just answer because that's going to lead to drama and we're going to be dealing with this birthday nonsense for like right. five issues I thought it was the previous issue that was actually her birthday when the cuckoos were I thought they had the same birthday I thought that was the twist I had to go back and look because like for some reason I had stuck in my mind that it would have been today so I'm really when I was reading this at breakfast I'm like okay here's gonna be the time that she says well today's my birthday it could be yours as well I thought we're gonna have this great moment now it's just gonna stay here and check while I go and work and then 
broke the lamp. <laughs> she breaks the lamp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I know the, the one thing I think this writer does have down is the humor between these two in the series, but everything else is really not very interesting and not done well at well, all like it, mediocre, she's studied right? up on their relationship and everything else is just glossed over really yeah and th that is the whole thing where that's all i care about i'm telling you if you give me an issue if it's just a day in the life of lauren gabby I, that's that's close to being a freaking 9.5 out of 10 or something like that but as <laughs> is where we actually have a story to deal with where you know things have to happen and you have to care about things like the cuckoo stuff like that but well there goes that score because all i want to see is lauren gabby and even what we have you know i don't know what the cuckoos are up to right now so this whole thing where they're packing I up at I school didn't even, i and, was watching i'm reading and i'm i'm reading the story looking at these panels watching them pack suitcases and then run out to a cabin i'm like i don't know how i didn't put together they were running away but i had no idea that's what was going on I uh, until the bomb they really got in the cab yeah I, I really did too i i don't know any idea what these cuckoos are up to it were two issues in yeah they have a clone sister going on but i don't understand where they went bad all of a sudden why no. they're kind of doing a thing behind the x-men's back and and, and that's the thing I they've know, always the thing is like people don't like clones nobody likes clones so the idea that they're cloning sisters i know they're gonna get slack like flack for doing that so they're gonna do it on the sly but why do we have to do it on the sly like is it like you know now we have to leave our you know where we're like you know living at the school and maybe move to this abandoned church do we got to keep an eye on our possibly crazy sister who just killed our other sister or is there other more like nefarious stuff because even the whole idea where gabby gets the uh pull up a meet laura at the abandoned church where all this is going down like i don't understand why that happened or how yeah well also like if you're trying to keep something under the radar wouldn't you not run away because three of the most powerful telepaths in the world <laughs> running away together is just going to throw up every red flag in the world i mean geez, point, i didn't even think about that <laughs> and, and yeah and then so uh um x23 i'm trying to remember her name laura x23 yeah. wolverine whatever she goes by now uh ends up going to uh the doctor's old office kind of sniffing around and ends up finding her old fitbit to track her down um and i said obviously i'm not fit and i, I had no idea this how it works and, I, and now that i know this is how things work I'm like, this is an invasion of privacy there's no way i'm ever going to have one of these things anybody can track you anywhere brandon yeah it, oh yeah it tracks your every step shows you a path of every 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 step you've walked throughout the day so that's how she tracks her down to to this what the church the cuckoos are at yeah um it's and then uh, church. The three telepaths who are always kind of of suspicious uh, up to suspicious activity anyway hanging out together in an abandoned church this is a-okay in my book but uh then she she's kind of smelling she she notices things are off and then sees like this empty bed and just says the word death and then gets surprised by none other than her little not side just death there. clone death yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying oh god clone death is the worst but no like the whole thing where gabby shows up because she is told that you know oh what do you mean why did i show up you texted me like i, I guess for some reason you know the idea that these are telepaths and like clones were like in my mind texting somebody like with like you know and make them think it's somebody else that these people rely on their their telepathic ability can they telepathically make it look that she was texted or did she put the thought in gabby's head that she was texted and had to come here because this whole thing where she got this weird text and thought it was Laura, i'm like where would that even happen well the, the, we did see that one text that laura got it was like yeah. a birthday cake a pig and knives and uh, was, that, so was that, that was from the left. cuckoos right 
Yeah, no, that was from no, the Kofus, then. That was from Gabby because it was about the birthday party that she still wanted. See, I, that's where I'm a little confused because I was like, maybe that was the cuckoo summoning her, like kind of getting her to believe it was Gabby. Uh, yeah, I, I guess you're and, right. And though, again, the, the, the cuckoos would send individual message to, to Gabby that would make her think it was X23 then, right? And the thing <laughs> is, mean, again, this... maybe, maybe it's somehow it's all the freaking, you know, the mind control where I'm going to make Laura think that Gabby sent her a, oh, what's she thinking about? Birthday parties. Okay, I'm going to make her think that she got a text from Gabby about a birthday party. And I'm going to make Gabby think that Laura sent her a Like, this whole thing is, they didn't really get a text. It was all of the mind. Uh, I don't know, but it's the weirdest thing because, and then when we had the whole, where the cuckoos are like, it's a trap. You guys have, we've yeah, they our trap. And then all the art becomes red. I'm like, I don't know what happens in this thing. They make themselves look like there's either. a whole room full of cuckoos. Laura figures it out, but by the time she figures it out, Gabby's already kidnapped and they're in a van driving somewhere. But it's such a weird progression because before this starts, Laura's wearing a leather jacket. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. And I don't know where it would have gone or how it would have come off. But <laughs> Laura and Gabby pretty much seems like they're wearing the same thing. But then Gabby's in the back of the like this van all tied up. Yeah, the, this the, when the art went red, I got angry. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I didn't have any idea how to follow it or read it or, or any of that. Um, she obviously fights it off. Yeah, her coat's off. You see it on the floor there in that one top panel. But you don't ever I see don't it leave her it... body before it happens. It's just gone. It's <laughs> Is yeah. that part of the mind thing? She never had a coat that was all in her mind. Yeah. So I remember they sort of serum and injected it into the one sister. The, kind of the evil one did last issue. Yeah. But do you remember where they got that from? That was from the doctor they, they have or killed or whatever they did. I actually thought I didn't think it was from that doctor. They should still have the doctor. I guess that like, you know, they weren't actually they had to move their location from this evil church to another evil church. I don't know, but they're on the move somewhere. And I don't even I guess the doctor would have been the thing to get this thing because it seemed like she was doing research along the lines of what, you know, like Wolverine healing factor, stuff like that. That was her specialty. So she maybe had something because even Laura, when she was trying to like look over the doctor's computer to find out where she was, huh? going to destroy all these notes and stuff like that because it's part of the stuff that she's trying to destroy. So maybe it was from her. It's just things just kind of happen in this book. And all I care about is Laura and Gabby. I know. I, re I really am just totally confused. I mean, I, I understand the end part and, and they want Gabby because she's a successful clone and yeah. can possibly help them. You know, that, that part all makes sense to me. But how they're getting here, how the cuckoos suddenly just want this to be done, why they're betraying fellow X-Men and all this stuff just makes no sense to me. I, I just get lost in, in trying to connect the dots that I, I'm not seeing or, or being told about. Uh, you know, I, I I always I come into this book as kind of like a hater of Gabby uh, yeah. with that reputation, and th that's the only thing that I can really grab onto in these in these two issues we've read so far that is even. Re kind of remotely enjoyable because i don't have any fun when the cuckoos come on the page even when laura and gabby are with them yeah um they, they kind of just suck all the fun out of the book i liked it at first last issue but now i'm like all right we're gonna deal with more of this and pretty much things are gonna happen and i don't know when they're gonna be explained yeah and i don't want any more you know it's not like you have a fight to look forward to in the issue because when they fight the cuckoos it's gonna go to that red crazy nonsense like they're not just like characters you can punch in the face yeah 
uh, <laughs> you got to figure out a different way to beat them because they can screw with your mind. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time really with this series. Like you said, the, the fun parts are the jokes and, and the stuff they kind of really hit you lot. with at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, they hit you with it at the beginning of each issue and then it goes away quick. Like she really takes the lighthearted fun out of the book, which she should try to string throughout the issue instead of just giving to you in one spot. The art's pretty good, uh, but but I'm having a hard time piecing together what's going on here. Well, so I, I got even, it a little under. Even my last issue, when we're when we're showing the action where Laura and Gabby are going after the the jetpack people, it seems that every time we get any kind of action, we're lost because the art can't yeah. seem to follow it or depict it as that well. You know, we had that jetpack thing last issue. Here we just have a whole red spread page. I'm like, I don't know what's going on there. I wonder if the artist is just bad at the transitions or if the writer's just not good at telling really the artist what it, what she wants to have happen on the page. Yeah, you know, know, one of the two is, is going on between these two, but it hurts my enjoyment a little bit of it. I don't, I don't hate this as much as everyone says I do, but I liked first <laughs> issue a little more. I think I'm at a 5.8 for this guy. I gave last one a six. So just a little under, um, but I, I would like more like character interaction between these two and, and like build the story around that, you know, like them yeah. solving it together instead of separating them all the time. It feels like they're separate a lot too. The, the fun of the book is when those two are together, you separate them. It starts creeping down slow as heck. And then the fighting, you can't really comprehend what's going on. My, and even I'm telling you, when Gabby showed up at that church initially, like, oh, you text me, all right, the fun's gonna be back here, and then mind whammy gone. I'm like, oh, there goes my fun for that. I thought <laughs> yeah. I was gonna have, but like you said, the art I for know. the most part, it's good. I think the action scenes are the, the worst, the weakest part of the art, and the story itself. Whenever we actually have to deal with the story, that's where the downfall is. I want the Gabby Laura interactions, but you can't base a book on that alone. So I forget what I gave it last issue, but I'm still on for the like. I was talking to John Wayne, like I said at the beginning of this whole review for it. This book right now is sustained by the interactions of Warren and Gabby. You can't keep a series running on that alone. Right now, I'm still having fun, though. I'm still on board. I want to see where it goes. The story's just not that great in my mind, but I'll still give it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I wonder. I think Jim would be right around there for this one because he would uh, he would be pretty much on board with us. When Gabby's on the page, he would be down with it, and then he'd oh, yeah. think the rest is nonsense. But he does uh, like to accentuate the positive and go a little bit higher. Yeah, so he could say he's positive, Peter. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess that's it. Which uh, which books were you and Jim going to talk about with the minis this week? Do you remember? I, I'm sure he'll probably try to squeeze in a Patreon special or something. We're, we're going to do Century 2 and Multiple Man number 2 for the minis because we we got two more minis next week. I'm sure we're not going to have four minis. Now, that's the thing. Are you still doing Ant-Man and the Wasp? I thought you guys kind of stopped doing that. Yeah, no, we, we quit that one after two, uh, but but we still, uh, Multiple Man and Century, I think will be good enough to keep sticking with. Because I know so. next week we have Cosmic Ghost Rider as another mini. Do you have, is there another mini I missed? Uh, I thought there was one Because I know Ant-Man and, Ant uh, and the Wasp. Death of Inhumans. Death oh, you of guys, Inhumans okay. Next week too. You guys yeah. did that. Okay, so I didn't have that on my list because I will never write anything in human on any list possible. But for the <laughs> Next week, we'll be talking about a Captain America um, number two, I believe, Deadpool number three, Cosmic Ghost Rider number two, Immortal Hulk number four. Uh, and you said something about Inhumans, and I don't want to talk Death about this. Inhumans number two. Yeah. Who earns? But that's all we got for this episode of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. Until next time, make mine fresh start. Oh!